grain to glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. Hi, and I'm Brian. How are you? And this is the best beer show on the internet. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> was that like old man, like lusty cackle? Like, <laughs> oh, yes. talking about lager, 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 lager. All right, before we get too deep here, um, I need to read ads. Uh, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. Joining the AHA will give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you the access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I also want to give a shout-out to Black Belt patron Andy Thompson. If you'd like to be as awesome as Andy, head on over to patreon.com slash blindestudios or click on the Be Patron link at the bottom of our homepage. Um, become a patron today. If you're doing any Amazon shopping, head over to BlindNinjaStudios.com, click on the Amazon link at the bottom of the homepage. Dear, Amazon shopping as normal, and we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. really helps us out. All right, Brian, what have yes. you been up to beer-related lately? I, I kind of blew my wad. <laughs> telling them, I every time, every time, I'm like, I said everything. We do two shows in a row, and, you know, that come out consecutively, and this is the second one, so... I said a bunch of stuff on the last episode, and I'll probably repeat some of it, so I'm sorry. That happens. However, um, beer-wise, uh, we had a release at the brewery uh, for some barrel-aged stuff. That is going well. Um, we are working on an English mild Ooh. recipe. I know, I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever. Uh, that, and then... Um, Gee whiz, I think, uh, like a pale ale. Uh, we do, like, these one-off beers, like episode one, two, three, four. Um, and there's a pale ale recipe in the works. Uh, there is a Pilsner recipe in the works as well that we're kicking it, kind of kicking around. Um, couple well, that fits in with our topic today. Exactly. Lager. A couple breweries hit us up for some collaborations, and nice. we're going to kind of get into those, too. So that's kind of rad. Um, yeah, other than that, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. What about you? Okay, so I went to Green Bay oh. over the weekend. Oh, that's yeah. uh, that's a thing that I did when I uh, went and hung out with uh, with my boy Rick. Rick Rowling. Yeah. Um, that's what I do. We went and got <laughs> way too drunk, and it was a good time. We recorded an episode of Homebrew Bound. That'll be, uh, actually, you guys will have already listened to it. As that comes out two weeks ago. Richard. the time you're listening to this. Um, and yeah, so tried a bunch of his homebrew. Um, he's he's been brewing up a storm, and so he's he's brewed more since he moved there than when he was here. And he wouldn't help me like getting him to lift a fucking mash paddle to help with the eighty oh style challenge. My. I was like, and now he's just brewing all the time. He must have an easier setup or something. He has a garage. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that'll, that, that'll totally help the situation when you don't have to drag it. Out of the basement, you know, up a flight of stairs into the garage like I did in uptown Minneapolis forever. I completely understand. I drag mine out and then I brew my ass off in the cold. Yeah. I mean, when, it, when you kind of graduated from the, um, you know, uptown and moved to northeast Minneapolis and then had like an entire garage stall with a bench and everything, it was like, okay, well, this is super easy. 
um, you know, you know, cheers to the people that are that are doing the hard work. If they don't have a good um, permanent spot, permanent to spot, set stuff it's, up. Yeah, it's tough. Um, but yeah, uh, hit a bunch of breweries, went to Tidaltown, and got livid that they had a fucking beer that they put glitter in. Oh boy, yeah, you sent me pictures of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, and then I uh, went to Copper State uh, where Rick is working now. And checked that out. That was good. They went to uh, Noble Roots. Uh, met up with um, with a homebrewer there that's in Rick's homebrew club. And went and drank a bunch of his beer. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, then just kind of bar hopped. There you go. And it was a really good night. A really good time. Uh, ran into uh, an old friend from high school. and Just a weird night. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Huh. yeah. Also, oddly enough, one of our sales guys is from Green Bay. And he, uh, we've had a beer of ours on tap at Titletown. Oh, really? Yeah, weird. Yeah. Weirdly enough. Um, uh, yeah, there, there was some sort of, like, wedding reception at Titletown while we were there. We just kind of crashed that. And, yeah, well, yeah, well. We do we do that all the time. We will, we'll stack events. I mean, our tap, our space is big enough where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we had a rock the lot party, you know, with a few hundred people, and then somebody had their, like, 50th birthday party. And they had their bar mitzvah. A bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring, uh, yeah, the there was something else that we did. I don't remember. It was just a good time. Uh, I I hate that drive though. That's a boring ass drive. Yeah, yeah, dude. We live in flyover country. It's always a boring drive. That's true. <laughs> we, but like, we, we drove to Lincoln, Nebraska one time, and like, I'm sorry. I know it was <laughs> right. It was, <laughs> the, the company we bought our beer equipment from is in Lincoln, so. I definitely have flown in an airplane from Minnesota to Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, I don't think we even leveled off. But uh, the exciting part of driving through uh, Minnesota, Iowa, etc., and into Nebraska was uh, the um, wind. The windmills. Wind power. Things. Yep. Yeah, and that's fun for about the first. Uh, it's like wow, look the at first how, one. Look at how big they are, and then you're like, well, back to corn <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, right? No, I was, I, I was seriously considering buying a plane ticket to Green Bay. Well, I, I was like this close. I'm like, Man. it's like 250 bucks, <sighs> and but I wouldn't have to sit in the car yeah. for seven hours total. It's tough. Hmm. And like, it it would take longer. By the time I got to the airport, got through security and stuff, but I wouldn't have to drive. I could take a nap. I could have a beer. Yeah. Like, there's all of these good things. You wouldn't be sitting in one in one place. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I've become just a little bitch about riding in a car. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, is, that is 100% a thing. Like, I could do two hours, and then I get cranky. Nice. <laughs> all right. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, other than that, um, I've just kind of been like buying bits and bobs for, for my brewing stuff. Got a, <laughs> got a, um, so I got the new fermenters and then I realized they are heavy and I don't want to shake them. So I bought, uh, a oxygenation wand so I can oxygenate the wart with that instead of just shaking a bucket and hoping it's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they they sell like drill attachments that you can Yeah, you can aerate too. But again, lazy. If I can if I can turn a valve and have it do it for me and I don't have to hold a hold a drill. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's just been like just stuff like that. So nothing super crazy. All right. Uh, we got some homebrew. We should probably drink some homebrew. Huh? Yeah, yo. If you're All looking right. at beer cam. Beer cam. Got a nice one there. Yeah, we have the foreign extra stout. Mm-hmm. All right. So the grist on this one, we are looking at 66% uh, percent, uh, UK pale two row. Um, 17% flaked barley, uh, 8% amber, and 8% uh, roasted barley. Yeah, we're on, what, 16D? 16D. Um, and then we did three ounces of fuggle in the boil, or uh, 52 IBUs of fuggle uh, at 60 minutes, and then uh, 26 IBUs of fuggle at 30 minutes. Again, Irish Ale East, the same, the same one from before. So hopefully we had a better fermentation on this one, but we'll see. We will. All right, I'm gonna yank this beer from Beer Cam. All right. Uh, uh, so yeah, we're looking. Oh, so for an extra stout, a very dark, moderately strong, fairly dry stout with prominent roast flavors. Pretty, uh, pretty standard, I guess. Uh, aroma moderate to high roasted grains. Grain aroma often with coffee, chocolate, or light burnt notes. A low to medium fruitiness may have a sweet aroma or molasses, licorice, dried fruit, or vinous aromatic. Stronger versions can have a subtle, clean aroma of alcohol. Very roasty. All right. Um, appearance. Very deep brown to black in color. Clarity. Uh, usually obscured by deep color. If not opaque, should be clear. She's a dark one. Yeah. All right, flavor. What are you getting on the flavor here? Um, we're looking for moderate to high roasted grain and malt flavor with coffee, chocolate, or lightly burnt grain character, although without the sharp bite. Moderately dry, low to medium esters, medium to high bitterness, moderate to no hop flavor can be earthal, earthy, herbal, or floral, diacetyl, medium, low to none. Mm-hmm. Ah, <sighs> man. I'm getting a flavor that's fairly similar to the last one. Yeah, now I'm that's causing me to look up what Y East 1064 and look at its temperature constraints because I am 100% sure this is a yeast issue. Um, Y East 1064. This is why we now have very or 1084. 1084. Oh, it's 1084? Yep. 1084. Oh, shit, my bad. Irish ale. Uh, 62 to 72. Okay. Wow. <sighs> That's an incredible range. I don't, I don't know. Um, oh. Let me go back to the style guidelines here. I'm sorry. Peeps, I'm poking around on my iPad. We're in 16D. Yeah, no, but I, I see exactly what you're saying. It has a very similar mineral, mineral. mineral. And I honestly like. I think a lot of the beers that get brewed here have a bit of that house, yep, mineral quality, and that's a, you know it's a water thing, and we've talked about yep. it, and you're working on it. And we're working on fixing um, it. That said, this one isn't as blatant or as uh, overt, I guess, or however you want to. No, it. well, and it, there's other stuff going on. Like mm-hmm. the other beer, there was nothing to hide behind. Here you have there's. There's a little fruitiness. There's, um, like, it's not nearly there, as roasty. There's definitely um, this really cool spice character kind of in the back. And I think not, licorice, it's, that's a tough, um, 
I don't think it's a licorice. It's just, it's like a, and it's not anise, but it, it's like a spice. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guarantee you that's from the the yeast. Um, I don't know. Even with the 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 mild yeast issue, mm-hmm. and that's Still something pretty damn good. I, I I'm gonna pass it. Okay, pass because it. like I mean I I don't think there's anything blatantly wrong with the recipe, or mm-hmm. and that that mild yeast thing. I'm gonna forgive it this one time, mostly because it happened two in a row. It does. <laughs> it really has. Um. I don't even know how to say it. Like, so 16D from the, I'm sorry, and the yeast was what? It was 1084. 1084. And it was called? Irish Ale. Right. It really does have that Irish and Scottish twang to it. Mm -hmm. So it's super, it's hard to describe unless you kind of just know it. Yeah. It's just like a fat. Yeah, it's, um, yeast. I'm trying to think of like the, the, the right, the right descriptor. Um, it's not... I don't know, it's just it's it's Irishy. <laughs> it's a spice and it's very distinct and it is very difficult to describe. Um Yeah. But I think it plays well with the roast. There's not there's no ac- acridity to this. Um it is otherwise pleasing to drink. The roast wasn't over the top. Uh not too bitter. Um good hop. Yeah, if I can figure out what that well now that I have temp control, I kinda well, and we're gonna brew it with the next one. Yeah, and so I'm gonna play with the temperature a little bit mm-hmm. on the next or on the on the last one that we did when we when we rebrew, and I think that will at least give us an idea of what might be causing this weird yeast issue. Well, honestly, I think a big piece is a big piece of the yeast puzzle is uh, not stressing it out, which um, when the temperatures fluctuate. That can stress okay, it. Okay, that yeah. then you're gonna you're gonna get you know you know solventy or or sulfur or diacetyl or you know whatever. So if I can keep it stable, we should be okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I you know God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, mouthfeel medium, full to full body, often with a smooth, sometimes creamy character. May give a warming but never hot impression from alcohol presence. Moderate to moderately high carbonation. I think the mouth feels there. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I, I don't know. I I like yeah. this recipe. I like this beer. I just wish that beyond that little tiny piece, this beer is pretty fucking good, man. Right? Yeah. Just that one little tiny fucking. Mm-hmm. So, the we we did these recipes back to back, and it was kind of ridiculous. So Guinness makes both of them. Mm-hmm. The uh, both of the examples that we tried. Yep. Um, and so that's why we ended up going with a lot of barley. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, goodness, you use a lot of barley. Um, yeah, well, for, uh, what, what, what is it about? A eight, 8% stout, 7% stout? Good doesn't drink that way. It's, it's a smidgen of alcohol note. But nothing that I would yeah. flag. All right, cool. Well, now why don't we talk about something super important <laughs> and super uh, <coughs> super scary for every home brewer? Lager, lager. All right, man. So let's like lagering is something I've wanted to talk about for a while and always didn't because as soon as we start talking about lager, I'm going to have to brew a lager, which means I need temp control. Yeah. Now I have temp control. 
and I know for a fact I can bring it down to logger temps. No problem. So, let's talk logger. All right. Uh, so, what is loggering? Loggering, uh, extended cold conditioning, and, well, first, cold fermentation between 48 and 54, um, and then as close to freezing as you can get it without freezing it uh, for months, months, like four weeks or more, six weeks. Um, again, this is, you know, ask 10 brewers, get, you know, 10 different answers, or, you know, um, everyone's got their own kind of way to do a lager. Um, now, one one piece to this is that these are very difficult beers to brew. Um, why? Uh, we talked about this a little bit, like, you know, we're drinking this, this stout. Well, whatever the flaw that we were sort of tasting was mostly hidden mm-hmm. um, in this stout, this foreign extra stout. And we were able to kind of get around and be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Well, if that would have happened in a lager, like something like this, uh, Czech style Pilsner, you are drinking a Summit Dakota Soul, which is an awesome beer uh, from Summit Brewing in St. Paul. Um, That said, uh, I like to refer to it as a canary beer. Uh, So it's see through (laughs) in, you know, in a a physical sense and, you know, in a literal and, you know, uh, sense should have clarity to it. You should be able to see through it. Um, Loggers kind of came into prominence. I mean, I think, I want to say 1600s, 1700s, and then by 1800s, 1840 is when uh, Pilsner or Quell came into the fold. Uh, And that was really kind of the, the, the breaking point where, you know, and honestly, I, I might, I'd have to look this up, but somewhere in the back of my mind, it tells me that this has something to do with the glass tax as well. There was a tax on glass, which had something to do with like the hierarchy of society oh, okay. and blah, blah, blah. And so, I, always, I always thought it was more of a, like, it gets cold and then you store the beer in a cold place. And well, so you kind of just logger it by accident. Well, yeah, caves. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's probably the natural selection process that led to the 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 yeast, you know, working optimally at, at you know, in between 48 and 54 uh, and then needing extended cold conditioning. And it was kind of when they brewed it during the year. So, uh, anywho. Um, so we, we keep talking about lager. Lager yeast. Yeah. What's the difference between like a lager yeast and an ale yeast? Uh, lager yeast is a bottom fermenter. You're not going to get a whole lot of foam in the croissant on top. Um, definitely not as much as an active ale fermentation where you can get some pretty heavy blow-offs. Um, you're going to have less, just less croissant, less mess. Um, so it's the fancy yeast where it cleans up after itself. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't really does. make a mess. It's the, it's the kind of house guest you want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> make sure all my house guests stay in a room with a floor drain. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Why, Brian? Shut up. Uh, any? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, caves, um, extended fermentation. Um, the the uh, the actual yeast. We talked about this a couple of minutes ago where there cannot be fluctuation on this. There cannot be fluctuation on this. I stress that because you're going to get diacetyl. Okay, it's going to be buttery. Um, it's going to be unmistakably buttery butterscotch. Uh, you will get solventy, you know, flavors and aromas. Um, you know, it's just there, there's a handful of off flavors associated with um, with not nailing the temp. 
on this and making sure that it's nice and steady. Now, there are have been times where I've had I had a thermal well in my carboys and I would have a, a thermometer all the way down into the center of the fermentation. And in a Belgian beer, you can find variations in temp uh, of about 10 degrees, which is insane. Mm-hmm. You do not want your fermentation to go from 68 to 78 back to 68. So having close control over the temperature uh, is very important. And I said earlier, I say in general on a professional level, it's just another beer for us. Okay. Um, yeah, we need to be extremely careful with, with mashing, uh, loudering, choosing, you know, the, the proper malts. Uh, this is a malt showcase beer. Okay. And you know, it's, it's, it, it's a tough, it's a tough beer to brew, but for pros, it's just, it's just another beer, you know? Um, but if you don't have the temperature control and, um, you know, you don't just nail it right on the head, uh, you're going to have off flavor. So diacetyl rust will work, uh, wonders for you, which I think we're, that's probably a little deeper than we want to well, go. Well, we can, we can, we can kind of, uh, do a quick and dirty. So diacetyl sure. rust is basically taking it from your fermentation temp and raising it up to, mm-hmm. what is it? Uh, 50 or no. It's like 62, right? 63? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. I, uh, I, I'd have to look it up and know I'd have to look it up, too. And, yeah. I mean, I, I would prefer not to say how we kind of do it at the brewery. It's more proprietary. But, yeah, you you, you don't really, like, heat up a fermenter. Uh, you, you let it rise. You let it. You just shut off the cooling jackets and then let it, you know, free rise. And then there's what is called a forced diacetyl test. So, basically, you jam it into the microwave or in a warm water bath and, and force it to, to do a thing that it's not supposed to do to assess whether or not it um, will uh, reveal a buttery or butterscotch flavor. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, that's something we can dig into a little yeah. bit more uh, mm-hmm. in a later logger episode. Indeed. Because, yeah, this is, again, this is just kind of the, the quick and dirty. So why that, like, it's such a finicky process, and it's a lot harder to do than just an ale. Yeah. Why the fuck do it? Because it tastes amazing, and it's really impressive when you can brew a product, you know, like this. That um, the majority of this style of beer is what is sold in America. You know, Bud Miller Coors. Um, hats off to them, dude. Honestly, they, they make an amazing, consistent product across the nation, across the world. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same everywhere. And that's insane. That is exactly what we're shooting for very difficult yeah um there there there's so many factors you know that can throw a wrench in the process um but yeah i mean you real quick you can you know some of the frequent flavors that occur in lagers that are messed up you know rotten eggs sulfur um yeah i mean there are some other there are some some quicker methods um so so the the quick lager is this what uh, i believe it i don't know what's pronounced that narzis method we can get into that later yeah. it's a really quick well, method to logger there's so there's there's a lot of talk on homebrew sites and stuff like that everyone has their like they're like their story like well you know i know this guy and he said that i can logger it if i do this and like bring it up to this temperature for exactly this amount of time and then bring it down or mm-hmm. whatever like so that and that and that's kind of like the holy grail of brewing is like finding a way to not tie up your fermenter for so long right in in the end plan ahead 
you know, let it sit. Uh, you, you will be shocked at at how different it will taste when you do give it the correct the time. amount of conditioning time. And it takes forever, and it sucks. You, you're not making money having a you know a tank. You know, I mean, I'm coming from pro sand, so maybe you guys are like, who cares about the money part? You know. Well, yeah, but no, even like at the Humber scale, like I have two temp controlled fermenters. If I throw a logger in one, I have one. Yeah. Right. For what? Two months. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I just I then there's just nothing I can do. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of a lot of like new home brewers don't don't rush out and try to try to do a lager like try try to do a dark beer. <laughs> yeah, don't don't buy a pilsner kit for your first stuff. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, so I guess well, I'm I'm trying to think like what else? well, so quick and dirty. At the homebrew scale, what do you need to start lagering? Ooh, um Definitely going to need some type of fermentation chamber or some type of control. There's a few different products out there, and you know, go ahead and Google them. I'm not going to do that for you. <laughs> so I, well, I actually but, did a lot of uh, research on this. <laughs> you did? Okay, we'll lay it on. Yeah. Man. So um, there's there's one. Uh, oh <coughs> shit! I did do a bunch of research, and now I can't remember what the damn thing's called. Um, but so there's one that's basically a, and they all kind of work off the same principle. And these are the ones that uh, you can use if you don't want to have a dedicated fermentation mm-hmm. chamber. That's the easiest way to do it. Buy yourself a mini fridge. Well, see, the, 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 kind of the issue with mini fridges and that is, I mean, do you can't really turn a refrigerator. Well, it's, uh, mini fridge will work for ale. Uh, yeah. Chest freezer. Get yourself an extra chest freezer uh-huh. that you can fit a few fermenters in, and then you can bring that down. The only problem there is you have one temperature for all of your beers. Yeah. And so that's that's the issue you run into there, but it's also the most economical option, right? Uh, and most of us are we've already done one with a for a, for a kegerator or a keezer, like that's what I have back there is chest freezer with some kegs in it, mm-hmm. like, and it just it works. There's a reason why everybody does it. You can you can buy a chest freezer uh, for new for two hundred bucks, right? And then slap a fifteen dollar controller on it, and mm-hmm. you're done. Johnson controller or whatever. Yeah. Ranko. Or build one out of the little aquarium heaters. Yeah. And it kind of depends on what you're into as far as this hobby goes, because yep. this hobby lends to a lot of, you know, technology DIY and, and, and yeah, technology and DIY. I told you, I've said this a hundred times, I got into homebrewing because I realized I could make my own shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, it's, it's fun yeah, to so, make stuff. So you have that. Uh, you have the, um, the son of the fermentation uh, chamber. Which is uh, basically uses ice and fans. Uh, call it a call that a swamp cooler. Yep. Uh, but so this it's it uses the same. Uh, well, without the uh, without the the water bath. Oh yeah, yeah, got it. I'm yep. sorry, I was. Yep. Swamp cooler is the fermenter in the in the water bath. In the water bath. Yeah. I had a, I had a roommate. Uh, we lived in a house that had an unfinished basement, and I had a kiddie pool in the basement, and I had. I think seven or eight uh, one-gallon jugs with airlocks and, like, seven different experiments and then, like, three fans. And I I walked down into the basement, and I, I he had his back turned to me, he had his arms folded over his chest, and he was shaking his head. And he was like, what, what exactly are you doing here? And I was like, well, it's a swamp cooler, and I'm trying out, you know, I got seven experiments going, and that's how I'm cooling them. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, the as far as like the refrigerator situation or the chest freezer thing goes, the only thing about that is that you can't really, you don't really turn a refrigerator up. So when you're thinking about crafting this thing, um, you know, in the end, I had a, a wooden box with spray foam uh, with an air conditioning unit jammed into it. You know, um, it, look on the internet; it is, it is, you know vast uh, yeah um, and then uh, so then you go from you go from that then you're into more of your individual vessels what, what's the product where it's like the, it's like a spike that goes down into that's the, uh, that's the brew jack I was just gonna talk about yeah 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 so basically it oh, is man. and that a, you can check that on your phone too yeah I think so yeah it's insane um, and I, I honestly looked at these um, they're they're a little on the on the spendy side. Mm-hmm. I think they're like three hundred bucks a piece. Holy shit! Yeah, which is why I did not go with that. One of our sales guys has one of those, and he was showing me the stuff you can do with it, like on your phone. Well, and so I also heard that like it sometimes has trouble getting down the temp, but it also it also kind of runs. It's it's another one of those things where you're pumping a liquid through something. And, mm-hmm. and but it runs it down into your beer, and there's a heat sink, and I don't know. It's really cool. It's a brew jacket. I I mean, look at it. It looks neat. And if you can, yeah. and if and if if you just have a couple of fermenters, and it'll work with a bucket, it'll work with a um uh, it'll literally literally work with anything. Um, glass. Uh, why uh, the word? Carboy. Yeah. How did I forget that word, it's, dude? It's okay. I forget my own name sometimes. <laughs> Holy shit! It's usually um, after I drink a bunch of Jägermeister. So right. No, yeah. So yeah, it'll it'll work with any <laughs> any existing fermentation vessel that you have. So that's that's the nice thing about it too, and you can move it around mm-hmm. depending on what you're trying to do. Um, so there's that. There's what I went with, which is the uh, the Brutech FTS. Yeah, they make some good stuff. Yeah. Um, and that one again, you're buying. Uh, you're buying new fermentation chambers and all that stuff, yeah. and you have to have a way to cool your your source of water or glycol or whatever you're using. Um, then there is the Cool Zone cooling jacket, which it takes kind of what the uh, the SS Brewtech is doing with the chilled liquid, uh, but it puts it into a uh, like almost almost like a a blanket that you wrap around your fermenter. Okay. But yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I, I I typed in cool zone cooling jacket and like a men's jacket heated jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, maybe you could brew with that. I don't know. If they have, they have, that company wants to send us one of their jackets to see we could. Yeah, we can we can try to wrap it, you know, cool, whatever. a carboy around it, or <laughs> wrap it around a carboy and see what happens. I don't care. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It'll be good. Um, but yeah, so those those are kind of your 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 options. There's there's a lot out there. Figure out which one works for your brewery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is an element of creativity in 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 brewing and home brewing and that and like trying to overcome, you know, issues with this and that and this is kind of your opportunity to get creative and yeah one well, yeah once once you start doing loggers that's like you're you're elevating your your craft like you're going to the next step of brewing i L- think a long a long long time ago probably 10 years ago 
the internet was much younger and there was a spreadsheet that someone put together where they took literally every brand of refrigerator and freezer and measured the specs of all the different carboys um and then those the um what do they even call them corny kegs mm-hmm. like the um those little six barrel yeah. kegs or five gallon kegs yeah yeah you have a whole bunch of them <laughs> um but yeah there was a time when those were like extremely scarce um, and then they kind of started making them again, but um, this it was right around when the soda industry switched from from those those to to, to the boxes like, of syrup, boxo syrup, and then mix on the you know the gun yeah, and what have you. The gun. And then like every home brewer and his uncle was like buying them up. They were like thirty five bucks. Yep. Yeah. When I get when I got into kegging, they were forty five. What and do I they think want now? Sixty. I, I think they're like for the used ones. It's like sixty five. 70 bucks uh, and then or you can get new ones for 110 <laughs> yeah there was a there was a point where they you could almost not find them and people were like gouging other people to yeah well yeah. or you couldn't find ball locks you could only find the stupid pin locks yeah and i remember selling four re- like really good like i wouldn't sell people junk and i told the guy i'm like if it doesn't work then call me because i'll tell you how to make it work but you know the little keg lube or whatever on the on the gasketry, yep. um, but yeah, I remember selling four of them for like two hundred bucks, and just being like, I, I just and feeling bad about it, but I'm like, that's the market. Yep, you know that's what was on Craigslist at the time, but yeah, <laughs> that was like Midwest homebrew supply. I've that's always, where I got most of mine. <laughs> yeah, I was always a Midwest homebrew supply guy because I lived more towards that one than Northern Brewer. Um, but now they're owned by the same people. Yep. And yeah, AB InBev. <laughs> How wild is that? That's so dumb. Yeah. Anywho. All right. Um, yeah. So, all right. So if you have temp control, what else do you need to be able to lager? Lager yeast, man. <laughs> is that just like a big starter? And You, you need, you need uh, an all, all Pilsner malt beer. Uh, you want to literally pitch twice as much yeast as ale if we're going to talk about this on a just like like crash course homebrew scale you're if you're pitching two packages of uh, of yeast in your in your ale you want to do four of your lager and if you make starters absolutely make a nice big fat starter um and then uh, again you're gonna ask 10 brewers you're gonna get 10 different answers now what do you want to do? Do you want to pitch? Uh, I, I always say pitch and pitch. And in my mind, what that means is I pitch at 68 degrees. And I don't know why that that's just my little thing in my head. If, if I want to ferment at 68 degrees, I'm pitching at 68 degrees. You know what I mean? So pitch at fermentation temp. Correct. However, there is some contention that you should pitch into your lager yeast at like 62 and then crank her down to get it going so the lag phase isn't too great okay and then you know it'll pitch it at 62 but then set your jack let it let the bucket start bubbling a little bit and then crank it back down to like you know whatever you're gonna or i don't know 60 i just grabbed 62 out of the air because we did say what 48 to 54 is kind of my sweet spot yeah but so i don't know pitch it at uh, 60 and then crank the temp back down to 54 um, uh, me, I like to pitch and pitch. Like I want to pitch it at the same temp I want to ferment at. 
So um, pitch pitch at fermentation temp, and then you're then you know you're going to be safe. Well, yeah, and then you know, fluc- like I said, fluctuation is not a good thing at all, um, unless you're with lager yeast or like just straight ale- nice clean ales. Belgians, totally different story, dude. Right, that so. was you wanna. <laughs> Oh man, I don't care what those you want to swing. Those like. can do gymnastics for all I care. I mean, it's, it depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, when we do a Belgian beer at the brewery, like we we like it more clove heavy, so we uh, pull the temp back. Uh, if you want more banana, crank the temp, man. Let it free rise. Let no it do whatever. No banana. Hefeweizen, man. Like I, I have a killer hefeweizen recipe, and I would make it all the time as my daily drinker. It was like five and a half percent. I just fermented it in a fucking bucket and left the lid kind of half a jar. <laughs> You know, and if it <laughs> if it foamed, it foamed. Like I don't know. Um, when when you're when you get your process nailed down, you you get a little bit a little know, cocky, a little bit, yeah, a little yeah. bit more cavalier, whatever. So you know, but if you know if it if it works, work it. You know, yeah, know. Uh, yeah. All right, yeah. And then um, and we won't get into all the different rests and all that stuff, but yeah, basically from and then you're saying. Six weeks minimum. Oh, uh, what for fermentation or for conditioning? Those are two different things. Well, so, so all right. So fermentation is done after like you've 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 taken your readings. It's at the final gravity. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, this is done. Um, which that takes however long it takes. Yep. Um, and you crash and then and then and then you crash it. Four, six, eight weeks. Taste it along the way. Um, I would say taste it. Taste it every two weeks. It'll be a more remarkable change. So um, here, here's a here's a random question mm-hmm. for you, and uh, just do you have to leave it in the fermentation vessel to crash it, or can you move it to a keg and lager in a keg? Well, it's another contentious point. Uh, if you're going to rack something, you're going to end up picking up dissolved oxygen. Um, what if you're using a closed system? If you're using a closed system, hell yeah, get it off the yeast. Okay. Yeah, get it off the yeast. I mean, it'll drop and it'll clarify anyway. Um, that those strains tend to do that because why? Because it's a bottom fermenter. It's not all up in the top. And then you didn't just jam a bunch of dry hops on top of it, and it's all like, well, uh, like. Well, I mean, that's a whole other thing because now there's dry hop loggers. Yeah, those are okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did one, and I hated it. I I completely understand. Like, it's not the flavor profile you want in a lager. You, you know, um, I don't I don't know one way or the other, but Victory Prima Pills is one of like the best beers I've ever had ever. Uh, still to this day, and it's pretty readily available. I think anybody, yeah. if you're listening to the show in the U.S., I think you can. Get yeah, you it. could probably find it. Uh, that said, yeah, I, I wonder if they dry hop that, but I think they just do a better job than other people. I think Firestone Walker, their their Pivo is, I think is dry hop too. That wouldn't surprise me. Me either. Um. Mm. Anyway, rewind. What was the original? Question? Oh, 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 no, just pull, pulling it off of the fermenter and oh. getting it into a keg. Uh, and I, you know, I always say get it off, get it off the yeast. Um, when it's done, um, I mean, then you can re- reuse your cake or whatever, make another lager. But well, and it also opens up your fermenter. Yeah, it opens up a fermenter, and then uh, you'll drop out. Yep. Uh, Do not bottle it. I wouldn't think at that point. Well, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think you can lager in a bottle. You're gonna have a hazy lager. Yep. Um, but yeah, I would. <laughs> Which might be a thing soon. I don't know. Oh, dude. Have you guys had that new hazy new lager? Hazy have, log. you, have you had the milkshake lager? <laughs> we took this beautiful, clean, crisp beer oh. and we fucked it up. Is there, any, is, there, is there anything I can vomit into? <laughs> it's turbid AF. Turbid AF. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to 
that goes away. <laughs> we apparently have an opinion on this show. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have been listening long enough where you know. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I think I think that's a pretty good introduction to to logger, right? I do I. In the meantime, though, if you are listening and you are a regular listener, and and that, um, if you want some topic expanded on, if you have something specific or questions, just let us know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because right now we're just we're kind of going with what we feel like talking about, mm-hmm. and but we would definitely like to, uh, like if there's something that you guys want us to dive into, that's how we ended up uh, going over measurements and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let us know. Uh, and you can do that uh, by waiting for this outro music. <laughs> God. <laughs> you're, you're wearing like pajama pants and glasses today and slippers, so I know that you're like, oh, where the... Uh? Oh, I was so hungover on the ride home. <laughs> I'm fully clothed in normal street. Well, I, you know, I've been getting a lot of shit for always wearing pants on DOO. So, <laughs> almost definitely wearing pants today is not one of those days. Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so you can uh, shoot us at Lion at feedback at blinderstudios.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blinderstudios or follow us on Twitter at blinderscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.